show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, doctors, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the Healthcare Wrap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists. Where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, again to the Healthcare Wrap. I'm Jared Johnson, your host, and I'm with my co-host, Peter B. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing fine. Peter Balistrieri. I didn't <laughs> want to say the whole thing. I mean, people know you by now. Just Peter B or Triple B. <laughs> Either one works for me, but, uh, you know, a lot of people just call me Bally, too. So, I mean, there's so many nicknames. Uh, whenever we get our kids out, I say, bring the Bally kids, bring Bally boys, you know, and we do have the one girl, too. But, yeah, it's it's a long name, but you know what? You call me whatever you want, just don't call me late for dinner. Oh, oh that's ooh, bad. That's bad. Ooh. Hey, well, guess what? We are on episode seven. Mm-hmm. I just want to throw that out there just to start off. Lucky number seven. I feel the luck is changing in yeah. our favor. Yeah, I do too. A lot of people are, are giving us kudos. A lot of people are listening, tuning in, subscribing. If you're not doing that, we encourage you to do it. We are going to keep doing this. We're learning as we go along as well. All the cool kids seem to be subscribing and commenting and engaging with us. Yes, it's really great. I to mean, see. maybe not all, but like most. Yes, yes. Must mean we are doing something right. Yeah, some of you are still holdouts out there. You know who you are. We're looking but, at you. <laughs> but join us. I mean, come on. This is a fun little journey already. I agree. I agree. But lucky number seven coming up. We have some really good stuff we're going to talk about today. But time capsule wise, I know, you know, because we have a theme that we've been doing this with and you hear the drop ins and you hear kind of what we like to do here in terms of rap. But uh, you found some interesting time capsule stuff about rap today. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a big a, it's a big year. It's a big year. Yeah. This is. 2018 is the 30th anniversary of some some, some substantial Easy milestones. <laughs> yes, milestones in the history of hip hop. Yes. What are they? Give me, give me, give me two good ones. I say 1988. This marks 30 years since hip hop got its own TV show, Yo MTV Raps. Oh man, I watch that all the time. You know who's the host? Do you remember the hosts? Tell me who the hosts are. Dr. Dre, but it mm-hmm. wasn't the Dr. Dre from NWA. Right. It was a different Dr. Dre. Yep. And then Ed Lover. Remember Ed Lover? Oh Ed Lover and Dr. Dre. They were the best. Yeah. It was a great, great show. Almost as good as 120 Minutes. And that was that when they did a lot of alternative stuff on there. Yes. I, do you I remember agree. that? Yeah. This is when they I played do. videos. You know, I'm having to rack my brain a little bit, but I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a different time, wasn't it? Was. It? it was. It was 30 years ago. It was. So it's a long time ago. All right, give me another gonna, one. Another one. Well, so 1988 also marked the year that NWA released Straight Out of Compton. Oh, well, that went gold. It went gold. Yeah, that is a defining rap album. Speaking of NWA, Easy E, Ice Cube, MC Ren, 
a lot of big names that came out of that and a lot of people were influenced by that album so in its own way it's influenced us <laughs> right on absolutely <laughs> those names are almost as much a household names as the boys from new edition yes ronnie bobby ricky and mike it took, you see how I had that right it, away? It took us seven episodes to get there, but we got there. <laughs> You're right. We got there. Cool it now, all right? That's right. That's good stuff. So I, I think we have some good topics here today because a lot of things keep coming up. And again, I think one of the things that we like to share is just the fact that we are here every day. We're experiencing these kinds of questions and, and circumstances that come up. And a lot of things lately have to do with just like who owns which part of a digital patient experience. Mm. And by patient, it's always, it's always funny because the term patient experience itself will typically mean when you're in the clinic, right. when you're at an appointment when you're with a clinical team and more and more we're realizing that's not the case and the vast majority of your life you are not at the hospital and yet you are still a health consumer you are still a healthcare patient even if you're not actively seeking or engaging in, in clinical care at that moment or medical management you are still a patient you really are anything could happen to you at any time so health and wellness are parts of our lives no matter whether we are in the clinic or not physically and the digital experience has everything to do with that the fact that it never stops and it never really begins in a certain place so it's a whole cycle of understanding a whole web of many touch points and the majority of those seem to happen digitally now. We'll give you a few examples of these, and then we'll actually move right into our rap battle. In fact, you know what? Let's just get into our rap battle right now. Okay, that's cool. Rap battle! So our rap battle, for those of you who are just tuning in, for the first time, welcome, first and foremost. In fact, this is a good time to just say, engage with us on Twitter at Healthcare Rap. Yep. And at healthcarewrap.com. Yeah, please send us feedback, give us questions, give us conversation starters for future episodes. We're looking for that. We like that. We thrive on that. We need that. So anyway, yeah, our rap battle is our first segment of the program where we really do battle against an assumption that has been holding back healthcare in our minds. And a lot of them have to do with marketing. And in this case, it has to do with marketing and other teams that have to do with those digital touch points. I'll give you some examples of digital touch points because this is really what it boils down to. We used to be able to just say, hey, we're gonna market to people, meaning we're gonna blanket them with ads, we're gonna shotgun it out there, and or we're gonna blanket you with earned media on the PR side. It's earned, it's organic, it's whatever, and, the, and then, hey, we also have a website. And so we used to just have a handful, like a small number of different touch points that we could focus on and feel like we were marketing well. And those days are so long past, it's hard to even think of when that actually happened that way. These days, there are it is a constant, always ongoing cycle of digital touch points that have to do with your health and wellness. For example, engaging with an EMR, an electronic health record. Yeah, I mean, that's classic. I think that's a big point of how you can differentiate yourself. And I think that's kind of what we're going to be talking about is how can you differentiate yourself as a health system, as a hospital, uh, going forward uh, when we're talking about patient experience. And, and it may come down to the EMR. And my example, uh, as I was talking about this, as we're getting prepared for today's episode too, is there's nothing more frustrating and making you feel like you're not being heard that, okay, maybe you go to a clinic and you have a procedure done and you know then there's a follow-up prescription that you need to take. And then you run those out to the extent that they need. Then you come back in say three, three, four months 
And there's something so frustrating about the fact that you have to reiterate your whole history of health leading from the procedure through the pharma portion of it, the prescription portion of it, and because it might be another doctor, it might be another desk person at that time, a hawk or whatever it happens to be, it makes you feel so much like a number and like you had never been heard. And I think a, a good use of an EMR at that point can make things a heck of a lot better for the patient experience. Not to mention the speed of which you can move through your next appointment would be better as well, right? You know, and to be able to call up at your fingertips, basically, medications, past procedures, recommendations going forward. I will say this right now. This is actually, I just just came up with this, Jared, right now. Jiffy Lube knows more about my car than I think some health systems might know about my past procedures or medications that they've given me. That's scary. That's kind of scary when an oil change place can know what they've done in the past to your car more than what a health system might know about your health records. That's pretty crazy to think about. It is. And yet we have to get there, don't we? And so I guess the assumption that we're challenging today is who owns the digital patient experience? Does marketing own the whole thing? Mm -hmm. We're going to say 100% no. Yeah. And I think of it, we really have to think of it that that digital patient experience is a relay race. So think about this. Other touch points might include engaging with logging into a patient portal, mm -hmm. or, or it might also involve searching for a condition yep. online, Googling something. Mm -hmm. It might involve, even lately, with voice search, asking Alexa something <laughs> about that condition. Yeah. It might involve Facebooking the hospital, so social media engagement. You might watch a live video from a health system or from you know, let's open that up. It's not just even hospitals here who are engaging in these touch points. There's so many different pieces involved in so many different audiences. That could be from a medical device company where you've been recommended for a procedure and you want to check out what that device is going to do when it's implanted in you. Right. So it could be the actual content you're engaging with on social media could happen from the device manufacturer. It could happen from the hospital or the, the provider or the clinic. It could happen from a nonprofit, an association or a patient education website that has information about it. So we are learning about health in so many different ways digitally. You could also be engaged in a live chat with somebody from the hospital as you are trying to schedule an appointment, for instance. So the touch points themselves build or discredit uh, the trust of the provider. And it's an accumulation of all of those. There's been research done by Jay Bear and m many others in the marketing world about how customers have so many more interactions with your brand than they used to. Most of them occur digitally and will tend to remember two of them. Will tend to remember the most recent interaction with that brand and will tend to remember the one that was most extreme, either positive or negative. Yeah, and I think that any of these touch points that you mentioned, which was a great list and it could keep going, Facebook Live, I mean, Twitter chats, I mean, it could be... Pfft. Like I said, that list can keep going. That's your opportunity or your health system's opportunity to delight a customer at any touch point that we've listed off and more. So the job of communications and marketing and IT and you know all those different areas that own all those different touch points never ends. It just never ends. So wasn't it fun when we could literally just slice up the pie and say, IT, you own the EMR. Marketing, you own social media. Communications, or maybe maybe communications, you own social media. Uh, marketing, you own the website. Customer service, you own the call center. Sales support, you own such and such. 
wasn't easy when those lines were just clearly demarcated. It was a line down the middle of the room and said, hey, if it's on this side of the fence, you handle it. And it really is like a relay race instead where marketing wants to think, hey, we own all of this. I mean, I'm as guilty of this as anybody. Yeah. We think all those digital touch points, we need to touch them, all of them, and maybe we'll share them with other people. Yeah, maybe. You know, who, who answers online reviews? Who answers a live chat? Who answers the phone call? Who answers an email, uh, a web form? Who answers the private message within the patient portal? Yeah. It is a truly endless list. And so if one person or one team on that relay doesn't hand it off to the next person in the right way, if that baton gets dropped, then at the end of the day, there is no chance to delight that customer, that patient. You have not taken that opportunity to really think about what experience we're creating. So I think there's these couple of key points that we're going to have to keep reiterating over these next few years as marketing makes this transition from a clearly defined marketing does this, communication does, does this, pieces of this puzzle to a lot of different answers, a lot of different setups I haven't seen any statistic anywhere that says these two hospital teams or these two medical device or pharma marketing teams are all set up the same. They, they're they not anymore. And we have to think about not just, hey, we did our job. Now we handed it off to somebody else. And if they screw that up, then that's their fault. We are all invested in this. And we all, at the end of the day, want to be able to contribute to winning that race. In this case, winning that race means delighting the patient. It means you keep hearkening back to this concept, but marketing's job really is making healthcare easier, better, less expensive, more accessible for people. And how do we do that? I mean, because really the, the key, I think there's, there's two key points. You said one before we, we started the segment, it's one entity, right? No one understands that inside our own structure here, you know, whether someone's part of marketing, communications, the foundation, IT, physician relations, they don't know those, that structure. If they're in the corporate world, they might get it. But at the point where they're reaching out to us, they're looking at us as a one entity kind of approach. And I think when you can put that in your back pocket, and then the other big thing is where I think we can really do a better job with this. And, and I think take it as if you were in that position. Have empathy. That's huge. Empathy is huge. So when you're reaching out at that point and you're looking for answers or you need confirmation or whatever it happens to be, you know, and it's your child or your mother or your father or your uncle or whatever it is, or yourself, always look at it from when you're receiving these kinds of questions or, or comments or interjections, think of it as if you were on that end. And I think that can do a lot. And then look, everybody's got bad days. We're all stressed. We're all doing more with less. We get that. But I think at the end of the day, especially in healthcare, when you can't have an empathetic approach to how you do your work, whether it's in marketing or IT or like all those things we've said, and the idea is that you're one entity, I think that will go a long way. I agree. And I think if we had a list of takeaways for tips that we've seen to be able to bring the digital patient experience to all the teams internally who need to be involved in it. So whoever's involved, we first have to acknowledge that it can't just be marketing and communications anymore. So I, I think you're dead on, Peter. That number one tip for how to make that work would be empathy for all those other teams. I'll throw out a couple here too, just to see what, what we think about this. I'd say another one is not assuming that you have to keep doing what you've done in the past, because 
if you say we've always advertised in these channels, in these formats, with these media last year, year before, these sponsorships, we have to do these things. And now we have to do all these other things on top of it. Now we have to monitor our reviews more effectively. Now we have to engage in all these different social platforms in addition to that. Well, no wonder we get burnt out. No wonder we we are spread too thin. Part of that really is a trade-off. There are still only so many people on a marketing team. There are only so many things we can do. And we have to be flexible and nimble, and we truly have to ask ourselves regularly, I mean like constantly, do we still have to do that thing that we used to do because the way consumers are looking at us keeps changing, so why wouldn't we change our approach too? So I'd say that that's the second tip of don't assume that you have to keep piling on to what you've done in the past. Literally, you know, look at that. Think about it. I guess not literally. Don't literally look at yourself in the mirror. But <laughs> think about it. Do you really have to do the same things you have been doing and keep doing other things on top of that? What's the trade-off? And then a, another tip I would say is proactively go out there and share the data, share the results with those other teams. I'm thinking in particular about patient and customer reviews. When a marketing team is in charge of your Yelp reviews, your Facebook reviews, your Google reviews, and anywhere else you have them, the data in those reviews, it's pure gold. You can learn so much operationally. You can you want to share that with people. Most, most of the reviews that we see are extremely good, extremely high. They're four, four and a half out of five stars. They're eight or nine or 10 out of 10. I mean, they are, they are good. It's those ones in between that we're almost scared to look at traditionally that rate us low and we wonder why. And then maybe we don't want to share that. But why wouldn't we compile those reviews, pass it along to those operationally who can do something about it? We've had people ask, you know, why can't they park their RV in our, in our parking lot? Why can't they do this and this? Why don't we have a discount? Why don't we have more cafeteria vouchers for patients after they've been here for a certain number of days, for instance? Okay, if marketing just holds on to that, that's dropping the baton in the race. Yeah, you know, and the best part about that is you can choose to uh, internalize that kind of stuff or you can choose to share it and within reason externalize it and make it something and work it within your favor. So for example, it could be the parking thing that you said. It could be that, you know, you figure out what the problem is, but then you turn around and you publicly acknowledge, you know, yeah, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of issues with parking, but here's what we're gonna do to fix it. Now you've given yourself an opportunity to externalize it and gain some ambassadors, gain some positive engagement out of it. And so problems don't always have to say problems. Problems can turn into opportunities as well. I know that sounds really cliche, but there are ways that you can turn those things around to effectively help us. And that one I told you about before we started taping too was uh, the one on social media where we, we were promoting an event. The person asked about some things that were akin to the event, particular uh, syndrome. We got back to him and then the lady basically said, well, look, in addition, I'm supposed to be seeing somebody there and right now it looks like it's me taking over a year. And we were able to turn that around, talk to the doctor in charge of that area. And that doctor basically made room and said, no, that they're not waiting that long. We don't have that long of a wait. I don't know why that happened. And they're coming right in, uh, in the, at the end of this month. That was a public way of fixing something. And that goes a long way in terms of that customer experience, that patient experience. So not all problems have to be state problems. 
I really like that thought. I hope we can find lots of little ways to to operationalize that and to make it happen a little more often. And that went over a number of different people too. So that was the social media person. That was a brand manager. That was the medical director of the area. That was the one of the program coordinators. It took four people to get that done. That's. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that is the responsibility. That's that baton handoff where any one of those people could have dropped that baton. But I think every one of those people thought, if this was me, I would want to have it be handled this way. And fortunately, we did. And it's turned out to be a great opportunity. So there are tons of those that happen day in and day out. It's what you do to, and how you choose to, to work through it, I think, is, is the key. I love it. I think the more we can just socialize that message within our uh, our organizations, we are going to find little incremental changes happen. And this is a cultural and operational change. I guess it's it's part a of... A metamorphosis, if oh, you will. Cool. Wow. Well played. Yes, well thank played, you. Peter B. Yeah, it's just a great thought of how to do that. So yeah, well definitely. done. So I would say, all right, so we're going to summarize our battle here. Because yes. once again, uh, we pretty much killed it. Yes, I think we so. did. And if you're not on board, I, I think you, you need to get on board. <laughs> Tweet us. Let us know. We like mean tweets. Yeah. We're, we're good. Yeah, yeah. We're good with them. Yeah. Because then we will take those tweets and we will share them with each other <laughs> and we will learn and grow from them. That's exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> we we have thick skin here. We can We can work with this. Oh, man. All right. Well, we're having fun, but this is a good conversation. And so today, instead of following the rap battle with a little freestyle, which we have done every week up until now, which has been a lot of fun, uh, we're going to try actually a new segment today. And I think I'm going to call this Mic Drop. Mic Drop. Ooh, I like it. I'm just going to call it mic drop. I like it. Maybe it'll change in the future, but as part of the rap, part of healthcare rap, I just got to set this up a little bit, and then you guys are going to get to hear the actual rap that debuted last year. We're going to hear it's, it? It's, it's fun. This is, I can't wait. It's kind of like that alter ego. I, I mean, like it. You know, it's just kind of, you know, I, I tend to be pretty mild-mannered, you know? I'm yeah. Pretty conservative-looking, well, most of the time. <laughs> and, then, and then you run into this kind of rap side. So, anyway, long story short, what happened... A couple of conferences last year, I was able to share this this little rap, and it's it's kind of silly. It's like, hey, what if Weird Al Yankovic was a digital health advocate? It's like, what if he had all the gear, all the tech? Like, what if he was into all the digital touch points that we were talking about? What if he did that? And this was to to the tune of of his own version of Iggy Azalea's Fancy. Yeah, he did one called Handy. Handy. It was about <laughs> Handyman. That's awesome. And so this is kind of a spoof on his spoof. So it was just called Healthy. So, like so today, instead of freestyle, you're going to get to hear healthy in its full form, and then we'll come back and wrap up the show. I like it. I like it. Let's let's hear it. Let's drop it. First things first, I'm a patient. Coming at you with a bunch of information. Transmitting from my wearable collection. Health data coming in from all directions. Want to know what all my problems are? That's okay, I can help you read my EHR. Want to know where my blood pressure's at? That's okay, y'all. There's an app for that. I prefer human beings when I go not. When I need surgery, it's done by a robot. I have Cortana talk to Siri and Alexa to Snapchat my doc with my specs. Yeah, I'm so healthy. That's right, I know. I only go to checkups to lower my deductible. I'm so healthy. 
I'm quantified devices tell me what's inside now I get confirmation that tracks my hydration logging nutrition so many decisions do I need aerobics not with my genomics I'm predisposed to lose weight my diet is so fixed but it's all in the cloud yes yeah, Steve Jobs would be proud I can use the patient portal now that chatting's allowed now I know when I'm full the sensor's ingestible all my future appointments are virtual now let's talk IOT everything smart you see shoes helmets diapers oh the humanity you see, I talk to Watson just for fun. I got 99 problems, but my health ain't one. What? I'm so healthy. You really know I use smart sensors to tell when my heart rate's low. I'm so healthy. It's personalized. Precision meds are all inside. Elon Musk, please track my brainwaves and hook me up. Dr. Google says it's fine, you can look it up. And track my sleep cycles, please. Any old smartphone can do it with ease. It can be done even on iPhone 3s. Right after I perform my ECGs. What? Right, it's all on my phone, y'all. <laughs> like my hair, cause it's 3D printed. Thought I'm joking, but actually I meant it. The best intelligence is artificial. IOT are my favorite initials. <laughs> Wanna watch my live stream from my whole colonoscopy? AI is a-okay with me. Machine learning will set us free. What? I'm so healthy. I know who we are. With these electronics, has science gone too far? I'm so healthy. I'm digital, just to discover we're human after all. All right, so there, Peter. Uh, there. That was amazing. <laughs> amazing. If Yo MTV Raps is still on, this should be on there. You think we could bring it back? I, honestly, with this rap, you drop some science. <laughs> drop some science, son. <laughs> it's good stuff. I mean, but you know what? We're having fun with this. We're learning. We're helping you learn. We're hoping you learn. Right. What we're trying to put out there is just this fact. We want to elevate marketing to a new ground. We see the opportunity. Healthcare marketing has a unique opportunity. We can be change agents we can, at the end of the day, actually improve healthcare in this country and not just try to get more patients to our clinic or to our hospital. We can actually play a, a higher role. We can help make people healthier. And at the end of the day, when we see that, a little silly rap or a conversation that we're having can make a little difference. And so we're just trying to bring some awareness to those types of things. And we've been having a lot of fun all along the way. So once again, Peter, thanks again for co-hosting this thing with me. We enjoy every comment we hear from people. So yeah, do us a favor, keep subscribing. Yeah. And yeah, tell people about this. Hopefully we, we're just going to keep seeing this thing grow we love sharing these things with you and so on behalf of peter and myself check us out at healthcare rap on twitter and at healthcarerap.com for full archive of episodes thanks again for tuning in and uh, once again that's a wrap we'll see we'll see you soon <laughs>